0: The European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level action within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 172, and I am your host, Yelena Levin, and joining me for the show is my co-host, Pontus Bockman. Всем привет.
1: Hey son, hey son. Wow. Hey. Two of us again. Two of us again, we've lost uh, Andras, but now we know roughly where he is. He, is, <laughs> he, he, is, uh, he yeah. is in Russia. I hope he hasn't been abducted or anything. No way. But which,
0: Hold on, which place in Russia is he
1: in? I, I'm not quite sure, but he is there and he is in a place <laughs> where he hasn't been before guiding before. So he, he had to just focus on, on that because it was everything was new to him, etc. That's right. why he can't join us tonight. So we will carry on the show mm-hmm. on our shoulders. And um, I'm sure we will manage. Of course, it won't be the same, but uh, we will do our best.
0: For sure. Yeah, even though we'll miss him. But I- I'm sure he'll be back next time round.
1: Yeah, I hope so. hope so. Uh, there has been an election. Have you heard, Jelena?
0: <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> 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 of course, the-, the European election is a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
0: Our right to exercise the democratic freedoms. Yes. It is uh,
1: difficult, I I guess, to get such a big splotch of an area to agree on a parliament. And there are so many different parties, not always parties that I'd like to see in the parliament there. But uh, what can you know? I was rather (laughs) dismayed that there is now... There used to be one Nazi party in uh, the European parliament from Greece. They are called Golden Dawn. Mm Mm-hmm. And now they're joined by a Slovakian Nazi party called Kotleba or something like that.
0: Do you know what it translates to?
1: I have no idea, but it they got two seats in the parliament now, so that's bad news. Now, OK, so they have two seats. The go- Golden Dawn actually lost one seat, so they also have two now. So there's four seats among the 700 something yeah. is not too much but it's well it's too much it's still too much but it's not
0: it's that for much. too much I guess yeah. yeah also Nigel Farage did better well he did pretty well and so did uh Le Pen in France yeah. both of those people are kind of far right I'd say
1: yeah it, it was very much a far right uh, win or a right wing trend in the elections and and the left was losing to be honest, I, I almost expected even worse. So I, it wasn't good, but I think it was, well, the, the The Sweden Democrats that I sometimes bring up is a party that I don't like. They're among the same, like Le Pen and, and that's right wing. And they actually, they, they gained one seat. So now they have three instead of two. But they got 15% of the votes. And in the general election, the national elections last year, they got 17. So nobody's talking about that. They say, oh, there's such a huge win. But that's because they compare with 2014 when they got 10% in the European elections. But they didn't. If you compare it to the national elections, they actually dropped 2%. So. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. So we've uh, Britain also lost. Uh, well, not lost. Theresa May stepped down, or she's stepping down. Actually, she's stepping down early, right. early June.
1: Yeah, but the Tories were, of course, really. Yeah. They were um, obliterated. I got. I think they got nine percent or something like that. But uh, serves them right.
0: Yeah, and we are <laughs> all holding our breath now. Who's going to be our next prime minister? It's not looking good, guys. It's not looking good. So. Yeah. Well,
1: anyway, what can you do?
0: Well, I think we should probably crack on with the show, I guess. Let's do that. I shall kick the show off with my own segment, which is an interesting event, or talk about relevant person, or something, something, something that happened this week. Yep. So the thing that I want to talk about today, it's about lying stones. Not the stones that are lying, on the ground, but like they are lying like a cheating mm, bastards. Talking stones. Cheating, <laughs> cheating <laughs> bastards lying. Okay. <laughs> no, they didn't mean to. Anyway, I don't know if you are aware of such thing that called Behringer hoax. No, I I don't think I am. Yeah, and it was a a hoax about fake fossils. And so those fake fossils were small stones with imprints of animals and and plants, etc. And so the first delivery of those fake stones uh, to Berenger, who was a doctor in the university in Germany, were made on May 31st, 1725. And that's what I wanted to kind of briefly talk about. Now, I shall rewind back and talk about who this Dr. Beringer was. His full name is Dr. Johann Bartholomew Adam Berenger, And he was a senior professor and the dean of the Faculty of Medicine in the University of Würzburg in Germany. Mm-hmm. He was fascinated by natural history and geography and he was very uh, taken by all things that you could dug out of the earth. So I guess um t- today we call it the study of fossils or paleontology. Mm. And uh, he always would go into the mountains uh, and he would dig for like um, stones, etc. And he would even employ local boys to help him collect the stones, and he would study them, you know, to see if he can maybe discover something interesting. Hmm. It was uh, up until that time, up until 1725, his collection of the stones was pretty ordinary. Nothing really remarkable happened. But on May 31st, 1725, he came across, or or he was brought, those uh, pieces of uh, stones by three local boys that he paid to explore the nearby Mount Avelstad. And what was interesting about the stones, they had imprints of like small animals, a frog or a fish, or even something that didn't really, well, as far as we know, didn't exist. A fish with a bird head and uh, some uh, sort of Hebrew letters, etc., cetera, imprinted in, in the stones. He got really excited about the find. However, it turned out that actually those stones were fake.
1: Mm, you don't say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, this is the kind of quite sad thing about this, because he was a scientist, he was a qualified doctor, he, he obviously was very clever, I mean, otherwise he wouldn't get the doctorate. He worked in academia, and yet he was duped by this hoax. And what happened was that two of the colleagues who he worked with, J. Ignaz Roderick, professor of geography, algebra and analyst, And George von Eckhart, privy council and librarian, decided to... Well, it's not a cruel joke, I guess, but they basically decided to prank him. And they didn't like him because I don't think he was a very nice person. But hey, who are we to say? He's dead now and he can't defend himself. But anyway, (laughs) they didn't like him. They decided to play this prank on him. And they planted these stones because they knew where he would go look for the fossils. Now, when they did it, they didn't realize the extent to which this hoax will, the prank will kind of turn into. So how big it will grow. Because what happened was that uh, Dr. Berenger collected those fossils and decided to write a book. He He's written the whole book uh, that he was going to publish. And he actually, uh, in this book, came to a conclusion that, that these stones, because he couldn't figure out what are they, how they came to be, were gift of God. The, the God basically made those stones and then planted it It's ridiculous really for a scientist come on anyways <laughs> and uh before publishing the book um he got some hints from those two to say that maybe you know maybe there were hogs and they were planted and blah 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 and they kind of I think they felt kind of guilty uh but they couldn't come out outright and so they tried to push him down that direction, but he wouldn't have it he he just didn't see past his you know idea that no these are real things and basically he published the book and then the uh, the two men who, who duped him ended up confessing anyway
1: after the book was published
0: yeah so it's all a bit <laughs> it's a bit sad really I, I kind of feel sorry for him although it depends how how bad a person he was <laughs> he <wasn't real. laughs> maybe i
1: shouldn't maybe I he don't. deserved it i yeah. don't
0: know. i don't know <laughs> he took the so the berenger took him to court and there was uh, backwards and forwards and whatever but the damage was already done the damage to his reputation those two guys they lost well they lost their their standing in the society and uh, jobs and whatever else in fact one of them ended up dying like within the next few years but i think his reputation was also damaged because how do you come across uh, in a you know an academic society, when you believe in something like this, and then obviously you went yeah. as far as publishing the book, etc. So uh, there was no winners in this situation in this story. Oh, the, the reason why the, the two confessed were because they were worried about the damage done to the uh, paleontology and geography and etc. I'm like, mm, it's a little bit too late for that, guys. You know, should have done, think about, thought about it before playing the, the trick. And uh, I don't know, have we learned anything from this? Mm. As I was as I was as I was reading about it I'm like Ooh, well, okay well how do we <laughs> If an educated professor, right, <laughs> was so easily duped, how do we know that any, like I go yeah. to a natural history museum, I see all these wonderful uh, fossils ex- displayed there. How do we know that those are not hoaxes? Yeah, I mean, well,
1: uh, that, 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 I guess that's why you should have peer review. You shouldn't write the book. You should, mm. you should give, get it through peer review first, try to validate yeah. that what you well, found is true. Yeah, so this is, is, is one true.
0: thing I was thinking, you know, he was very arrogant about his conviction. He didn't want to listen yeah. to anyone. He thought, okay, no, I'm right. I know, yeah. I know best, right?
1: Yeah, but to be fair, in 1725, I don't know how far we were with peer review I and know, such, and, and we also knew much less about ancient uh, paleontology and, and but, stuff. And and who at that point could say that no, there can't ever have been a fish with a bird's head or whatever? He but, but
0: but listen, he he didn't even think it was a, a logical. He just jumped straight to the conclusion that it was God
1: yeah yeah okay but that's okay. not
0: a very scientific thing to do like if no. you can't explain this this find in any other way you go oh well it's just got he planted it yeah and then he chose me it's a very modest it's a, opinion you know yeah to find it like yeah, yeah, yeah come yeah. on dude just you know what are you doing I-
1: and you said there were also uh, Hebrew writings on this.
0: Yeah, things. there were some letters and uh, stuff like okay. that. And I think, I don't know how true that is, but he uh, ended up finding the stone later on. I think very later on, very much later on with his name on it. And that's what, so that's kind of what made him think, Oh, fuck, that was a hoax. Yeah, Cause, because cause God they, wouldn't know his name. They like found, fi- sure. yeah, they, they finally <laughs> written his name. Okay. Some of these fake fossils are still displayed at the Taylor's Museum in Harlem.
1: In, sorry, in Harlem? Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. Netherlands yeah. Yeah. yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Mm. And I'm I'm sure they they're kind of spread around, so you could go and see the fake fossils, although I don't know why would you would.
1: Well, it could be fun, actually, if oh, yeah. you know the story now. I
0: guess so. But I think upon inspecting these stones... Even with untrained eye now, I mean, okay, we, we know the story, but you could see the, the um, marks that the chisel ma- uh, left on the yeah. stones okay and yeah. yet, and yet he didn't um I kept thinking about the, the logical do you know what I mean with the logical fallacy when you kind of invested so much and you kind of convinced yourself and then you go, well, it, it can't be, and yet yeah, I don't know what what
1: what logical fallacy is that?
0: As, well, almost like sunk sunk cost. You know, when you're, yeah, when you yeah. get to a point where you go, listen, you've written a fucking book about this, right? Yeah, it's if you're hard gonna to if, you, if then, you're yeah. gonna back down now, you're gonna lose basically everything. Yes. Uh, and yes, there's a bit of that, and a bit of just being self like too confident. Yes, how do you <laughs> like? That's not a very good quality in anyone. You should be more and skeptical. I certainly, no. hope that a lot of scientists are more humble about stuff yeah. like that it anyway w- yeah he he wasn't he hmm. wasn't hmm? all oh, got right.
1: and now and now he's remembered forever because of that so i know. <laughs> dr berenger
0: yeah with his lying stones yeah okay <laughs> and that's it for me so the next segment is our one of my favorite segments personally <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay thank you i, I can look up to that
0: pontus pokes the pope
1: Oh, boy. Yes, let's talk about Frankie for a while. Say what you will about him, but he is consistent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's one, one thing he's got going for. him.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think this one is a good lesson for those who still think of him as the quote-unquote progressive pope. Because on Saturday, he talked about abortions again. And this time, specifically, he talked about abortion of fatally ill fetuses or those with pathological disorders. He specifically urged doctors to help women... That sounds good, right? But yeah. then there comes to the rest. <laughs> ...to bring these pregnancies to term, even when it's likely that it will end with the death of the child uh, at birth, maybe, or shortly afterwards. Mm. This was at a Vatican conference on the issue... Which was called "Yes to Life!" exclamation mark. Which I guess uh, they're not pro-choice. He asked, and I quote: "Is it legitimate to take out a human life to solve a problem? Is it permissible to contact a hitman to solve a problem?" End quote.
0: What? These these are totally the same things. This <laughs> is
1: totally. This is actually a favorite metaphor of his. Uh, he's used it before, talking about abortion as hiring a hitman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Way to go. Yeah. He went on to say that, uh, and I quote again, Abortion is never the answer. Human life is sacred and inviolable, and the use of prenatal diagnosis for selective purposes must be strongly discouraged because it is the expression of an inhuman eugenic mentality. That's what he said. He's he's putting an equal mark between abortions and eugenics. Mm -hmm. And he... Basically says you shouldn't even check prenatally for diagnoses because it's not up to you. It's up to God, I, I guess. Mm. Oh. And then he said, every child is a gift that changes the history of a family. And this child needs to be welcomed, loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. if they're not going to survive uh, and, Or and or will be in terrible pain?
0: Yeah, the amount of suffering that the whole ordeal will cause the family is unbelievable. Yeah, And he's so far removed, he doesn't care. Like,
1: Yeah, he, no, he has never had a family or anything like that. He, he really thinks that it's important for God, that everyone goes through all the suffering that God has planned for us, whether you're a fatally ill fetus or the mother of such a fetus or, or anybody else, just for the sake of seeing people suffer. What a prick! It's despicable. I'm actually with Stephen Fry on this one because he said things like, if such a god exists, I'd refuse to have anything to do with him. And, of course, he doesn't exist. But even if he existed, if these were the rules, I'm not playing by the rules. He can go screw himself. But um, I guess Rankin and I disagree once again. Mm. <laughs> So what we see also this is not just Frankie we what we see is that abortion rights are, are really under pressure now see for instance what's happening in the US with with uh, Alabama Mississippi Ohio Georgia Iowa Kentucky they're all challenging the US Supreme Court to reverse Roe versus Wade and uh, the Supreme Court probably will do that very soon Uh, thanks to stupid yellowface over there and the Republicans Mm. who have uh, packed the Supreme Court with right-wing activists, really.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm watching this, uh, this very closely. It's an interesting case.
1: Yep. So that's what I have on the Pope. Nothing funny about the Pope this week, I'm afraid. It's just bad news.
0: Not surprisingly. Okay. Thanks, Pontus. Thank you. All right, so... Let's continue our show with uh, some news across Europe. And we've got a few items actually to go through. So Pontus, do you want to kick us off?
1: I will actually start with another depressing subject, but I think it's time that we had a a thorough measles update again. It's been a while since I did a full compilation of everything. So I'm going to do a measles update. As of Q1 or quarter one uh, this year, Mm -hmm. because uh, things are actually fast going from bad to worse. Jeez, Louise. I
0: I was hoping for some some good news. And we're talking up to April, right?
1: April and May numbers are not really reliable, at least for every country yet. So, uh, uh, We've been warning against the measles epidemics since for over two years, I believe. But even I have underestimated how bad it would become. And the current trend is actually terrible. I've been compiling data from the ECDC, the European Centre for Disease Control, and the WHO, World Health Organization. And in the case of Romania, I also always have to check with the website of the local health authorities because... That's much more accurate for them. For some reason, the reporting doesn't flow into the European Centre of Disease Control from Romania. But they keep very good track of it uh, locally, so it's pretty easy to find it. So I'm comparing the last quarter of 2018, so October, November, December 2018, with the first quarter this year, January, February, March. The WHO has a wider European region definition than just the EU, So let's start with some of the bad countries outside EU. I can't go through everybody because it's too much, but uh, the absolute current disaster is still Ukraine. Ukraine had a whopping 22,000 cases of measles last quarter last year.
0: Mm, mm.
1: You want to guess how it's gone? It's not getting better.
0: So I'd say (laughs) 30,000?
1: Even worse, 34,000 cases. So they have increased by 55% from one quarter to the other. I I looked it up. With 43 million inhabitants, that means if you take 10,000 random Ukrainians, about eight of them had the measles only in the first quarter this year. That's how bad it is. Everybody has measles over there. Mm. the, The next baddie is Kazakhstan who come from nowhere. They had only 144 cases last quarter, but the first quarter this year they have 5,300. Georgia, Kyrgyzstan and Russia are all coming after that, all of them going from below 1,000 last quarter to between 1,000 and 3,000 each this new quarter. So that's bad. What about inside the EU then? Well, our old friend Romania is still at the top, but now very closely followed by France, Italy and Poland. All four of them had between 500 and 700 cases each in the first quarter of this year. That's far from Ukraine, but, and this is the worst news, they are all more than doubled between one quarter to the next. And in fact, so has all of EU. The total number within EU has gone from 1,200 cases last quarter, last year, to almost 4,200 cases. That's an increase by 243% from one quarter to the next. Bloody hell!
0: I don't want, I don't want anyone to create a graph, but I can imagine it'll be like, whoo!
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a hockey Rising stick, really. up to the
0: sky in 45 degree angle, right?
1: Yes. And we thought it was bad even before this. Yeah. I, I actually didn't think it would get this bad. There are, looking through all countries in the EU, only Portugal has actually gone down a little bit and they have just gone from 32 cases to 7 cases. So that's in this almost nothing. Every country in Europe has now reported measles cases in the first three months of the year, except for Latvia. Good on you. Uh, well we vaccinate and Slovenia. we vaccinate yeah, good all the for time. You. Good my, for you. my
0: mother, bless her cotton socks, she started questioning vaccinations because she reads shit online and she I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm like Mom, stop reading shit online. Thanks yeah. fuck, we vaccinated. We yeah. like my, my siblings are all done.
1: <sighs> yeah. I actually had the measles when I was young, when Ooh. I was a kid. So okay. it's too late for me to be vaccinated. But I survived, thank God. Mm. And not everybody does, because I just had a look. The rest of the world is in the same place. This is not a European phenomenon.
0: Do you know Do you know the figures for America? Mm,
1: well, it's bad. I haven't looked it up now, but I know that there are fighting outbreaks in different states. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, we, we could look that up. But there was a, a, a report just last week from the Philippines that since January... They've had more than 33,000 cases and 466 deaths from Shhh, measles.
0: That's quite a, that's that, quite a lot. That's,
1: that's even worse than Ukraine, I believe. I don't know exactly the population of the Philippines, but it's terrible. It's terrible. So I guess if you still haven't got the message, go out and uh, get your kids vaccinated or get yourself vaccinated if you suspect that you were are not or if you know that you haven't had the measles and you're not immunized. Get bloody vaccinated.
0: Do you think Andrew Wakefield wakes up in the middle of the night feeling bad about all the kids that died because of him?
1: You know, I hope he does, but I don't think so. He seems like such a prick.
0: Fuck, that's depressing stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll keep track of that. And um, we'll talk about some more, well news that are not that pleasant but um they need to be mentioned j- just so, so that people are aware and it's about the spread of fake news the reason why i want to bring it up again we we talk about it now and again you know the reason why i'm bringing it up now is is because due to the european elections that have concluded now there have been a seen a rise of fake websites, fake Twitter accounts, fake Facebook groups uh, who were peddling certain agendas and certain type of rhetoric, trying to get people excited and angry and whatever else. And uh, last week, um, more than 500 suspect Facebook pages and groups across the region were found to be sharing false narratives or using other manipulative tactics to promote either far-right or anti-EU groups Mm-hmm. according to the campaign group Avaaz. In total, the fake social media accounts have garnered more than 500 million views since early 2019. And in Germany, the public broadcaster ARD discovered a large network of likely automated Twitter accounts sending tens of thousands of pro-AFD messages. And I believe AFD is a right-wing party.
1: Yes, it is.
0: So, uh, And that's that I'm reading from a Politica website. That's what I'm quoting Mm -hmm. now. I think it is becoming increasingly obvious the role that Facebook plays. And listen, I appreciate the fact that Facebook grown just enormously in the last few years. And I don't think Zuckerberg can control it anymore, but there is a, a clear call to bring people to responsibility and to take control and maybe, introduce government regulation around these things because every time that we come through to an election cycle or something that involves sort of political decisions we hear it all the time you know facebook spreading fake news i mean facebook doesn't mean to spread fake news but this platform caters yeah. very well to stuff like that and actually i don't think we still understand the full extent of the influence that it has and, uh, I don't know what Zuckerberg is thinking. <laughs> there was a good picture of, um, uh, the hundred cut cutouts of Facebook founder, who, who is Zuckerberg, with a t-shirt that says fix Facebook. And I think people are calling hmm. for this more and more now. There's certain discussion in America. I don't have an answer. I don't no. know. I don't know how this regulation will look like, how the Facebook will answer to it. And actually, it's not just Facebook. Let's not single them out. It's Twitter accounts as well, Instagram, Instagram yeah. as well. So, and and like I said, it, it's just every every election cycle brings this back to our attention. Hmm. I think we are in over our heads with this, and a lot of people find it very hard to separate fake from the real anymore. Yeah. Like we, we do talk about fake news, and we do talk about various websites that kind of try to to kind of sieve through the noise. But it's becoming increasingly hard because the tactics keep changing. So the fake news is now not only reporting all fake stuff, but it's building on a something that's real. That's something that happened. And you start manipulating the narrative around it or you add a bit of stuff, fake stuff around it so that people go, okay, so that's, that definitely happened, but that didn't. And how do you then? So it be, yeah. it's becoming harder and harder and harder. And, um, I think it's time for us to, to just say, we don't know. Nobody knows. No. When you read an but article, nobody at this point knows.
1: Well, one of the problems is it leads to fact resistance because people are everybody well, everybody's aware that there are fake news out there. So everybody can understand that concept. But that also means that people can choose whatever narrative they want to. And if they hear something that they don't like, they say, oh, that must be fake news. So it's very hard now to reach out with real information because people, if people don't want to hear it, it's fake news. That's well, that's also fake
0: news. Yeah. So there, there are some very, very um, disturbing examples that we're giving in in the article that I read. For example, where they would take a, a clip, a video clip of, let's say, some angry protest or something, shouting things, and they would play it and they would narrate it as if to be happening right now. Yeah. Some some so I don't know, like some racial tension or whatever. Just to find out that actually this clip was from the old movie from yeah. 1975. Yeah. The fact that we are no longer able to identify it without doing extensive research and sort of not having that connection, it is pretty fucking worrying. Do you have you heard of this um new video and audio generating service that makes you say things you haven't?
1: Do you mean the one that has uh, Barack Obama saying things? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah so that's pretty freaking scary so that,
1: that's very soon going to be almost impossible to spot
0: so this this will be like a different era where we're going to be able to generate clips of real people in real time saying things that i've never said yeah how are you gonna separate that from reality nobody know. knows short of stop using social media i personally don't see the solution but that's me
1: yeah but that won't help so it may may help for you a little bit but then you don't know anything you don't know the real (laughs) stuff either well
0: i yeah i end up reading articles on the news websites rather than going to facebook by the way guys you should not get your news from facebook just fyi i didn't know whether that's true i didn't know whether people are still doing it but um facebook is literally the worst place to get news
1: well, you, you you can find things there, but then you have to double check it and verify it uh, outside somewhere before you believe it. But that's hard work.
0: Buy a fucking newspaper. What can I say?
1: Yeah. Well, there are some newspapers you shouldn't buy either. So.
0: Oh uh, yeah, don't don't buy Daily <laughs> Mail, please.
1: Say <laughs> so don't say that. They got a really right award once.
0: You remember? <laughs> listen. Yes, they have done a couple of uh, good. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Uh, listen. Even the the broken clock is right twice a day. So.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Maybe change of subject. Let's go over. I have some news from Sweden and uh, it's something I've recently been talking about and I will talk about it again. <laughs> uh, and that is the problem with uh, religious schools. And here we have another story to illustrate why I'm not so fond of it. There are um, the parents of a middle school student have reported a Christian school in Jönköping in the middle of Sweden for abusive treatment and they also write that the school's own religious rules are given priority over the school legislation. According to this report the school has neglected to do something about a long-standing conflict between some students and the parents also wrote that there is a culture of silence at the school and that the school religious rules are being being given priority. And school staff is reported to have told students that homosexuality is a disease and against the teaching of the Bible. And also that yoga opens you up to evil gods. Boogie, (laughs) boogie, boogie.
0: That's a new one.
1: Yeah, it's scary stuff. And I've heard actually people being afraid of yoga before because (laughs) it's, uh, but it's really, really strange.
0: I I tell you one thing if you do yoga (laughs) wrong, it might really damage you, but like nothing to do with any.
1: I'm very restricted with my yoga uh, as well, but it's not because I'm afraid of evil gods. (laughs) And also speaking of evil gods, isn't that a bit strange? Because I thought there was only supposed to be one god. Maybe it's just like they exist, but you shouldn't follow them. Just follow me. I'm a jealous god, for instance, it says in one place. And I will sort of smite you if you're not on my side. Does it really say outright that I am the only god or there are no other gods? In the Bible? I'm not, know, Maybe listeners who know the Bible better than I could write in and clarify the thing for me. But in the meanwhile, just let's just agree that we keep religion out of the classroom. And even one God is one God too many when it comes to education. Amen. Amen, yeah, that's good. <laughs> good ending to that segment, uh... yeah. All right, and then we go over to Latvia because we have an update from our interview with Austria last week. This is about Rigvir, and Rigvir is fighting back, or rather, the company who is behind it. If, if you didn't listen last week, Rigvir is a fake cancer drug that was pushed through Latvian approval procedures just two days before Latvia joined the EU. And if they hadn't done that, the drug would never have been approved because there are no studies behind it to prove that it works. Last week, we heard how it was taken off the market because it's getting more and more obvious after 15 years. 15 years on the market. But it's getting more and more obvious that it doesn't work. But you can go back to the last episode uh, to hear more about that if you missed it. Anyway, the producer of RigVir called Latima or Latima has now presented a new test result from the latest batch that they have produced of Vrigvir. And they are requesting that this batch now should be allowed to be delivered. Especially they referred to that they've received so many requests from patients who are in, the, in mid-treatment and they can now not continue due to this ban. However, the State Agency of Medicine... It has denied the request because they say that the new test results were obtained with a method that doesn't prove that the batch fits the requirements. So that that's good news for now. So it's still stopped, but I assume we haven't heard the last of this yet. And also it's interesting, and I think it's a bit scary, because RigVir has been banned for now because of poor production quality, not for the clear fact that it's never been proven to work scientifically. So I I wonder if they may be able to get back on the market by fixing their production issues. We we will need to check with Austra about this. Uh, On the bright side, all of this uh, have now highlighted the full controversy with more and more medical doctors and others coming out publicly against the drug. So it's getting a bad rep uh, back in Latvia. And when I say Latvia, that's where it's produced, that's where it originates but it's sold all over the world or has been before it was banned in March
0: sounded like a like a superhero movie Riggler fights back
1: yes yeah I hope they don't win (laughs) Riggler is the bad guy remember that no 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 I know
0: I know (laughs) it hasn't really been uh, an episode of positive news I'm afraid to say more bad news yeah which I hope still will turn into some good news Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no. uh, so, the listener of ours, Ralph, uh, brought to our attention um, something that happened to Natalie Grams, who is uh, a German hero hero that's right yes she is an ex-homeopath who, who left the field after discovering that it's all bullshit but uh, we had her on our show before and she's uh, written books and she's doing an amazing job with the homeopathic network uh, educating people about homeopathy anyways so she has recently received a letter which is like a first step in a defamation lawsuit from a company called Herbert Pharmaceuticals, uh, a German company that produces homeopathic remedies. So Mm -hmm. Natalie Grams has claimed in one of her articles that homeopathic remedies don't work beyond placebo effect. Since then, the Harvard Pharmaceuticals um, has sent her this letter where they state that she has to cease immediately to publicly claim the fact that homeopathic remedies don't work and they refer to the article at hand and they said that they, for each violation that there will be a charge of 5,100 euros uh, wow. to, to Herbert. So they'll be like collecting sort of a penalty and also she is also liable for paying the cease and desist letter to Herbert. That's not particularly good news. I'm only imagining that this will be fought by Natalie Grams and um, her supporters, and I wish them all the luck. I think we'll be following this story more closely in the coming weeks to see if there's any support that's required, uh, any fundraising. I think I've seen bits and pieces on Twitter where, where she's, uh, she kind of said that she will keep followers posted if she will start fundraising because this legal matter is always very, very costly. Even though this this is complete nutter and 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 yes. bullshit. Yes. But for now she's not allowed to say that homeopathy doesn't work.
1: They say she's not allowed. I yeah. think she is allowed to say so, <laughs> No no I know. Yeah, but yeah.
0: like if she if she'll get charged five 5,000 years every time she
1: says it. I, I probably wouldn't say it for now, you know, just in case. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Or
0: would you just think... like start saying it every five seconds? Depen- <laughs>
1: Depen- yeah, it depends on how, how, how obviously wrong this is. Because as I understand it, the company, pharmaceutical company, is unfortunately allowed to say that it does work. But that doesn't mean she is not allowed to say that it doesn't work. So I think they had it, they have it backwards. And I think they're just trying to scare her. Yeah. And depending on... uh, Because don't take legal advice from this podcast. I don't know what (laughs) she should do. But I don't think, if I speculate, (laughs) I don't think that they can stop her from saying that. But it can still, as you say, can still be very costly just to defend your right to say what you are allowed to say.
0: Absolutely. Well, So so we'll see. We'll see where it's going to lead to and keep you updated as and when it develops.
1: Yep. Good. So... uh, Last uh, news item, a little bit lighter subject from the UK, and it's actually an update about the Voynich manuscript that we talked about two weeks ago. And it's a little bit of uh, I told you so, so uh, bear with us as we <laughs> say that we actually got it right. There was this, just to backtrack, there was this announcement out of Bristol University that a Dr. Gerard Shesher had finally been able to interpret the mysterious manuscript from the early 1400s called the Voynich Manuscript and it's been very much debated and studied for over a 100 years since it was presented. You may recall that I was not convinced two weeks ago because the explanations that were put forward didn't really make sense and also this Cheshire guy claimed to have solved it after just studying it for two weeks which sounded very implausible. Well, I told you so, because now Bristol University has now deleted their article about the research study and they are trying to distance themselves from the whole thing, which was uh, criticized by many experts, of which I'm not an expert, but a lot of experts chimed in afterwards saying that this is not right. Some was calling it real nonsense. Uh, The university previously described Dr. Cheshire as, quote, a University of Bristol academic, end quote. But now they say the research was entirely the author's own work and is not affiliated with the University of Bristol, the School of Arts, nor the Center of Medieval Studies. That's, that's not very brave of them. Can't they just own up to that they got it wrong? Anyway, of course, uh, Dr. Cheshire himself has not backed down and he still insists that his analysis was correct. But he's pretty much alone and the whole thing was too good to be true, just like we thought it would be
0: so that that's it for today on the news side of things, and I think we we are on to the next segment, which is a really wrong i was yes. I was highly hoping for the really right, never mind. <laughs>
1: Okay, so we talked about the EU election before a little bit. Uh, one of the parties that moved forward in the Swedish EU elections this weekend was the Christian Democrats, who gained from uh, 6 to almost 9% in the election, and that gave them two seats instead of one that they had before. Last week, as part of the campaign, the leader of the party, Ebba busch said uh, in an interview that she still supports the notion that midwives and other medical personnel should be allowed to refuse to participate in conducting abortions if it is against their views. And of course, she's talking about religious conviction. And that is, of course, messed up. If you want to work in the medical profession, you need to fully participate in all necessary procedures that are expected of you. You cannot have medical professionals who refuse to do certain things. What if some of them don't believe in blood transfusions? We have religions that are against that. What about vaccinations? We have fought and we are still fighting the anthroposophical movement who sometimes manages to get nurses into childcare centres and then they are trying to talk parents out of vaccinating their kids. If I go to a hospital, I need to rely on that. Everyone working there are prepared to do their job whether they are religious or not. Uh, and especially, especially, I would say, when it comes to procedures such as abortion, that in some cases may be very difficult from a psychological point of view. You don't know what this pregnant woman has gone through uh, or why she may be unable to have the child. I don't want pregnant women who need an abortion to feel that some of the staff will not help her with that. It's hard enough that it is or it can be in some cases anyway, you should not feel judged by the people who are supposed to be there to get you the health care that you need. Keep your fucking beliefs out of my health care. And you can quote me for that. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So for not understanding that religion and health care or even religion on politics doesn't mix, the Swedish Christian Democrats gets today's prize for being really wrong.
0: Great stuff. I mean, not so <laughs> not so great, really. Not so great stuff, but no. uh,
1: you, you agree,
0: I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Okie dokie. Thank you very much, Pontus. That's the end of the show, and I also only have a quote. And today, <laughs> it's an unusual day.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Okay.
0: Because <laughs> it's not a really pro- a proper quote. It's something I overheard on the internet. Internets are the best things ever. Anyways, it goes like this. Common sense is like deodorant. The people who need it the most never use it. <laughs> so okay. there you go. <laughs> so, so,
1: so that was uh, expressed by Anonymous on on a bus somewhere. Or what yeah, did you say? No, yeah. or was it on the internet?
0: On the, on the internet, yes. Yeah, okay. The, tinter- the tinterwebs. They they have the best quotes. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. Also on a t shirt probably somewhere, I don't know. That's the end of the show. Um, we will be back next week. Mm-hmm. And thanks, Pontus, for joining me. It's been fun. And uh, until next time, everybody, thank you for listening. Paka Bye-bye! P-p-p-p-p. PPPP PPP PPP From Harvest Arsname Tell Oh sorry Harvest Pharmaceuticals <laughs> I should I, I should I should rewind back. Ah blah 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 blah. I better try to take be, it easy, take it easy, yeah. yeah. <gasps> um, pfft, I now can't find where I was.